Erev Tov. Today we study the 10th chapter of the Rambam's Hilchot Tefillah. In this chapter, the Rambam deals with many of the additions that we make to the Amidah. Yalev Yavo, Marit Hatal, Marit HaGashem, HaMelech HaKadosh. He also addresses what happens when things don't go as they're supposed to. A chazan uh, messed up and doesn't know where he's where he is in the middle of his davening. Or we realized we're in the middle of our davening, we realize that we davened Arvita already. What do you do if you daven Mincha already earlier in the day? Um, if you daven the regular tefillah on Shabbat, all these different situations are the substance of the tenth chapter. But I want to focus on something very fundamental that the Rambam says in the first halacha, and share with you a an unbelievable insight, a well-known insight by the Chidushe Rabbeinu Chaim Halevi. This is Rav Soloveitchik's grandfather, Rabbeinu Chaim of uh, of Brisk, and uh, this is classic Brisker methodology. And the distinction that he makes leads us to a very deep uh, philosophical idea. Now, in the beginning of the 10th chapter, the Raman tells us, If you davened without any kavana, you have to go back and do it again. But if, but if at least you had kavana, the first blessing of the Amidah, Magen Avot, that's sufficient, you do not need to go back. Meaning, you should have kavanah throughout all the Amidah, but minimally at least the first bracha. Contrast this with the fourth chapter of Hilchot Tefillah, Halachan number 10, where the Rambam says, and he speaks here about, uh, he speaks here about kavanah during, uh, during Tefillah. In the Rambam, Perik Dalet Halachat Tervav, where the Rambam talks about five different conditions that you need in order to have Tefillah, he says, kavanah talev, intentionality, ketzad, he says any tefillah that doesn't have kavanah is not tefillah. Here we have a contradiction. On the one hand, he says if you don't have any kavanah, it's not tefillah. That's in the fourth chapter. In the tenth chapter, the Rambam says if you have uh, kavanah for the first uh, bracha, that's sufficient even if you don't have kavanah for the rest of the tefillah. So Rav Chaim Soloveitchik explains as follows. How do we resolve this contradiction? He says, There are two different types of intention. Two different, conceptually, there are two different types of intention. The first type is understanding the meaning of the words. Okay? Uh, for this, all you need to, you understand, you have to understand what you're saying. That applies to the first bracha of the Amidah. If you don't understand what you're saying, or you're not focused on the words in the first bracha, you have to go back again. But for the t- seventh bracha, and the tenth bracha, the eleventh bracha, if I don't have intention, I still fulfill my obligation according to the tenth chapter of the Rambam. However, there's another much more basic type of kavanah, and that is a kavanah that I'm standing before Hashem. Hashem. And that's the fourth chapter. The fourth chapter tells us, if you're not aware that you are standing in the presence of God during the Amidah, then your tefillah is not a tefillah. And the Rambam, basically Rav Chaim, explains that the first type of kavanah is about a certain mental focus. The second type of kavanah, which is, which is sort of an accessory or secondary to uh, tefillah itself, whereas the second type of kavanah, being aware that you're standing in front of God's presence, that's me'etzem ma'aseh tefillah. That is tefillah itself. It's not a secondary feature or other dimension or quality of tefillah. It is tefillah itself. Failure to recognize you're standing in God's presence means that you are not actually davening. You are not fulfilling the ultimate obligation of tefillah. Now I want to share with you, in Rav Salavetius, the lonely man of faith, the Rav sort of distills the essence of tefillah based on this idea in Rav Chaim, and he says as follows, 
Prayer, likewise, is unimaginable. This is page 40. Is unimaginable without having man stand before and address himself to God in a manner reminiscent of the prophet's dialogue with God. And then he goes on to say, you know, prayer has to do with this whole uh, this whole conversation, but even more basic, prayer is basically an awareness of man finding himself in the presence of and addressing himself to his maker. And to pray has one connotation only, to stand before God. Tefillah, in its essence, in its most basic form, is not speaking to God. It's not reciting anything in the Siddur. It's not asking for things, praising, thanking God. It is just standing in God's presence. That is the most basic feature of tefillah. And what this means also is that tefillah is a way of life. Tefillah is a way of being. Tefillah is a way of existing in the world. There are times when we recite words from the Siddur and times that we don't. But tefillah in its essence is standing in God's presence. And that is something that can be get done 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And a very powerful idea here between Rav Chaim and his grandson, Rav Salvechik. Wishing you a great day, Kaltur.